Greetings, my sweet, dear listeners. I'm Andrew Crusoe, and you're listening to Ascendant, a show about personal growth, self-awareness, and our journey from scarcity to abundance. But today, it's about even more. Today, I'm sharing with you something that's extremely personal that happened to me three years ago. The context is all in this conversation that follows, a conversation I had with my friend, Caitlin Knudsen, last year, back when this show was in its early development phases. This conversation doesn't exactly touch on a journey from scarcity to abundance, but there's enough personal growth material here, and it's such a rich conversation about attachment theory and conscious relationships and effective communication that I'm releasing it today. I think it's the perfect episode for episode seven. You're going to learn more about my backstory than you've learned in a while, and I want to thank Caitlin at the top of this episode for providing such a safe space to share this story. And this episode actually continues in part two, which I'll talk about at the end of this episode in the outro. For now, I just want you to brace yourself for a harrowing concussion story. (laughs) This is the first time I've shared this whole story in a public way. And it ties in with attachment theory and conscious relationships in a way that may surprise you. Enjoy. Can you hear me? Oh my God, I think it's it's working perfectly now. <gasps> oh my goodness. Okay. All right. No one needs to know how much I fought with that. Uh, <laughs> no, your secret's safe with me. I gotta buy another product. Um, <laughs> I love open source stuff, but Soundflower once makes me want to throw my dynamic mic out a window. Hey, whatever helps. Hey, um, <laughs> thanks for being on the show, Caitlin. Uh, thanks for having me. Y- uh, yeah, my name is Andrew Crusoe. Uh, we uh, we we hung out a long time ago, and then we just reconnected on Instagram. And uh, we were talking about avoidant attachment types and anxious attachment types. And I, you yes. know, we, yeah, and we, we've both had experiences with avoidance. Yes, and, that's correct. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so we're talking on FaceTime audio as you do. Uh, we, and you're like, I don't know if I want to do video because, uh, you know, I'm in my pajamas. And I was like, would it make you feel better if I put on my pajamas? And then I realized it was in the afternoon here in Hawaii. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it was, um, I don't know, what, 10-something ten, ten my time? <laughs> yeah. So I really appreciate yeah. being on the show. Yeah, and uh, and uh, and honestly, like, audio, I, I um, mostly prefer to do audio because um, I'm just a talker, and sometimes, sometimes the video is distracting. Sometimes it's good. Um, but when I find, don't you think sometimes when you're having, like, a really deep conversation that, Sometimes just being limited to audio only, especially when it's pretty good quality like this. I, I don't really like like cell phone audio very much. Sometimes it's better to just go pure audio. Maybe I'm a fringe case on that. No, no, I completely agree because I think if I don't have to focus on something, I can just focus on my thoughts and what I'm saying and removing that video element facilitates that for sure. Well said, well said. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks for, so uh, we were talking, and I was just spontaneously, um, hey, do you want to be on my, my show? <laughs> so thanks. I think this com- you're, you're really, uh, yeah, you, and you were patient with me trying to get the audio working, and now it's working great. So I'm really, I can see the beautiful, the beautiful waveforms. Um, so you asked me, do, do, do we want to share a little bit about um, how we met, if you sure. want? Sure. Sure. Uh, you may have to fill in some of the, we may have to fill in blanks for each other because, um, I remember, I remember how I felt, but I have to be honest with you. I don't remember. <laughs> so we were, we were on a date. Well, yeah, we went totally. On, we went on a date like a million years ago. What was it like 10 years ago or something? Pretty sure it was about 10 years ago. I, I think it was, um, I think it was 2011 or 2012. Okay. Okay, that sounds about right. What did we do on the date? That's what I can't remember. I like, think I remember we went to you... Himal Chuli. 
We went to a restaurant. Oh, we did, didn't we? Yeah. That place was great. It's going to be very impressive that I remembered that in about 20 minutes when I get to the part where I got a concussion. I can't believe I remember that. Yes. Yeah, it was really good. And then I think we ordered a a vegetarian food. I don't know what we ordered, but... um, and I don't. I think they mostly had just vegetarian food, not just vegetarian food, because I was vegetarian at the time. Vegetarian food, oh, period. Right. I remember that being something very attractive about you. I was like, oh, she's vegetarian too. That's very cool. Yeah. And you or were, no, wait, no. I. Are no, you like I sort of vegetarian? I, was, I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I was in in this process of, um, coming out of vegetarianism, as it were. Okay. Um, a lot of a lot of back and forth mentally in my head about mm-hmm. where I stood on all of that. So you know, and then we talked about this off the air of like twenties are, are really a decade of trying out a bunch of stuff and yes. figuring out what works for you. Um, yes, you know. and that can be really really fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. I still do eat vegetarian from time to time. Actually, there were a couple days this week where I I. I realized it's like oh, I haven't eaten any meat at all in the last few days. It just happens sometimes. So it's yeah. It's uh vegetarianism can be part of life no matter what you eat. It's really true and 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 I don't want to I'm actually very passionate about diet, but I don't want to get too sidetracked cuz you asked me a really good question. Um but yeah, I yes. honestly like, you know, your mileage may vary. Um I personally, I'll be full disclosure, I've been vegan now for um I hit 3 years in January. So yes. more than three years. Um, but I'm, I, I know it's really complicated and, and people have different needs. I do think that, yes. you know, the less, the, I'm, I'm a pragmatist at my core, although I still have some idealistic tendencies. Uh, but I think the, the, the fewer animal products we can consume, I think it's generally, especially if you look at nutritionfacts.org, which has a lot of really nice peer-reviewed science, generally um, your risk for cancers is lower. I, but I, I think a lot of vegans, and generally it's better for the planet. You know, There's less water consumption and all these things. But I don't think it's black and white. I don't think... Yeah. I have vegan friends who will scream at me for saying this, but my goal is to just... Move the move. Oh God, I'm gonna sound like I'm in Silicon Valley. Move the needle. Just, just we're gonna move the needle. We're gonna open the kimono. We're gonna move the needle just a little bit. My goal is to just. I would love for for instead of meatless Mondays, I would rather us have. This is the only day we're eating meat, like just oh, once okay. a week, because I because yeah, people the script, right. Well, because people look at vegetarianism, oh, we're getting a little sidetracked, but I just want to briefly say people look at vegetarian yeah. and veganism and they think, oh, this is a big commitment. I mean, I remember the first time I heard about veganism, I was, we're going to talk about the concussion. We're going to talk about avoidance stuff in a minute. I was so like, <laughs> veganism sounds so extreme to me. I was like, I can never do that. That sounds crazy. That was my first impression of it. And then I went vegetarian and, you know, I, I have a little bit different angle on it because I was, am lactose intolerant. Oh, yeah. So that forced me to become more aware of what I was eating and how it was affecting my digestion and all this stuff. But um, anyway, long story short, I just think that most people would just feel better if they... Um, it's not It's not 100%. You don't have to be 100% vegetarian to, to, to feel better. Um, yeah, or make an impact, right? Or make an I impact, mean, yeah. That's, that's my point. That, that's, that's where my glider has landed on this particular hill of like, I'm not gonna convince everybody to be vegetarian even if i do feel that in my heart of hearts it would probably be the way it would probably be the best for for most i can't speak for all people you know there are people there are people who are related to inuit cultures who are like super adapted to eating raw fish yes that's a great example yeah right and it's like yeah cool like do it but most people Especially in America, especially people listening to this beautiful podcast, um, <laughs> are 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 going to a store. They think, well, maybe they don't think, but in their experience, food comes from a store. It doesn't really. Uh, and and if you can reduce your how many animal products you're eating, generally you're just going to feel a lot better. Um, but it's not binary. You don't have to go ve- vegetarian or vegan to to make an impact. That's that's all I gotta say. Well, I appreciate, I mean, I am team nuance all day, every day. So I very much appreciate that perspective. And 
I am also team vegetables all day, every day. Yay. So more vegetables for everybody, right? Should we should we um should we uh, mention your Instagram um the food channel? Sure, sure. Yeah, I would appreciate that. I don't know <laughs> where you got your degree in food photography, but I want to Google it because your photos on here, you have a measure once underscore taste twice on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And your food is so pretty. And some of it I can even eat. Yes. Lactose intolerant. That's why. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There, I, I do include dairy on occasion, but yeah, it's largely gluten-free recipes, lots of vegetables. Um, very pretty food. But yes, um, I appreciate the call out for that. Um, well, it is my passion project. Oh my god, I'm looking at these donuts. Oh my god, we're gonna get so distracted. Oh, those are good. If you haven't made those, you should make those. Chocolate I like throwing... beet donuts. Yep, yep. You throw beet puree in your donuts and you bake them, and they're delicious. I can't believe you found a touch. And of course, of course, you have to cover them in dark chocolate because why wouldn't you? As you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is very... I'm going to like this. I'm not going to even comment on this one later. Um, this, this is very... Uh, I... Yeah. 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 So so we're we're talking to you through the miracle of, uh, of, of 21st century technology. You are about 4,000 miles away from me as the crow flies, Caitlin. Yes. Pretty, yes. Pretty wild. You know, um, time zones be damned, right? Time zones be damned. So we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, you let me know when you've got like ten minutes left because I know it's later there and I know this was mm -hmm. spur of the moment but I want to be respectful and sensitive to your time boundaries and your sleep boundaries <laughs> so just let me know I am very appreciative <laughs> of that and I will give you I will uh, wave the uh, ten minute warning flag beautiful <laughs> so so um this is the part where we get to the meat and potatoes so this show nominally. And I have, and you know, this is this show is in development. I'm probably going to record five or so episodes, maybe more, before I release anything. I'm going to get a feel for it and get, you know, get my intro smoothed out or whatever. Um, but this show is mostly focused around personal growth and mm. and um, also asking the difficult questions. Um, I like to get into edgy fringe stuff you know i like to talk about concepts like past lives or um do we think we're being you know just like edgy weird crap like you know are are, are there life forms that are non-physical i love talking about esoteric stuff but in a grounded way where i'm mostly just asking questions i don't really have a strong um i'm not selling anything you know i don't want anybody to believe the way that i'm the angle I'm coming in at it from, but I find those challenging conversations so rewarding. And I find that I learned so much from them. And I find that I'm scared. I'll admit this. I, I'm, I'm often scared to ask sometimes um, where someone stands because um, it might, they might be offended by the question <laughs> sometimes, or I might, or I might just get some, I don't know. I, you know, it, it might get real awkward and, and, uh, something you and I both have in common growing up primarily in the Midwest is, um, Midwest people aren't a big fan of awkward and we apologize. No. We apologize a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's even, we even have our own, our own linguistic apology it's ope right wait what do you you grew up in the midwest you know this right ope that's like a that's like a oh oh shit oh i haven't Whoops. heard that in like, so sorry. long oh my god yeah usually when you're bumping into somebody or god, you're right um you know you knock something off a table or it's it's like the like ubiquitous like oops <laughs> in the this midwest great. it's great um great. Great. but yes we do yeah we apologize profusely and we hate awkward situations and we're generally uncomfortable expressing emotions <laughs> um the younger you generations so? not so much oh hmm. my gosh the older generations in wisconsin oh yeah they don't they like the minute emotions come up they're like oh i gotta go get some more casserole that's true, that's true. i want and, and we could we could we could explore why that is and in, in, in german people yes. and scandinavian people yeah but um 
but but I wanted to um so, so there's that. So we met we yeah, we went we went on a date. It was a nice date. We did. Um I don't know. I think I don't know what ha- I don't know what happened with that. I think we only was it only the one time we hung out? I think it was, but my okay, so my recollection I was hear I remember your you version, saying so yeah, you were ahead. I remember you said you were vegan and we had talked about that or you were vegetarian you're no, vegetarian. I wasn't vegan, yeah. Right. Yeah, you're a vegetarian. And I think because I was starting to dabble in eating meat again, I got this weird complex and I just decided in my head, I was like, oh, he would never want to date me. He's vegetarian and like, I don't want to offend him. (laughs) I think I decided that I wasn't going to pursue it further, even though I thought you were very nice because I was like, oh, this is just never going to work out. Because <laughs> that's what you do when you're 22, right? Or 23, you, you whatever. Were about, yeah, I think he would have been about. Yeah. It's so, and it, it, you know what's funny is, and we talked about this before I hit the record button, um, how, and I don't know, I guess being in Wisconsin, this is different, but you don't meet a lot of, I find it rare to meet somebody born in the mid-80s. I know that sounds weird. Um, yeah. But I yeah, do, I, I, uh... I just feel like people were having a billion kids in 1990, 91, 92. But I, and, and there's a lot of people I met friends who were born in 1980. But I, I feel like there's somewhat less. I don't, I don't know how much less, but, but I feel like it's, it's like, hey, someone born in the mid '80s, you know, like kids born, like I was born in 1986, and I run into people and go, oh yeah, I know a bunch of people. I'm like, okay, what are their names? How many people do you actually? <laughs> You're like, give me the proof. <laughs> in my proof. whole, my whole life, it's been like this. I don't know, I don't know why, but um, yeah, So it's nice to. It's really nice to have a conversation with someone who's only a year younger than me. And yep. um, we, you know, we have uh, a fair amount of things in common, I think, because of growing up in the, the same time, in, in the mm-hmm. same same place, yes. generally, for a lot of that. So, And also, you're also a very sweet, kind person, too. So thank, thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can, re- we can say that. I recall that you really opened up to me in that 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 that, that one day we went on to. It was really it did was we? Nice. I don't see. What do you remember? Tell uh, me. You I told don't me about some personal this. things that I I'm not going to say on the air. But oh, okay, you, that's fair. You really, yeah, you really, like really. I mean, that's it's happened to me my whole life though, Caitlin. People like feel really because uh-huh. being a good listener is really important to me. Oh, you have that thing too that I I feel like I had a word for oh it a couple God. years ago that I'm now blanking on. It had it was something magnet because I know what you're talking about and Confessional I Confessional magnet? Where, yeah, maybe that works. We can go with that where people just tell you their life story the first time you meet them. Yeah, I've had that happen to me many many times. I enjoy it. I learn a lot from everybody I meet. Yeah. Um, I love it. I'm like, yeah, tell me more. I'm listening. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get that vibe from you, Kaylin. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, and let's be honest. Like everybody's such a. I hate to say this. Do, do we have any listeners in their early twenties? Okay, just 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 turn your knob down for like thirty seconds. Every I think everyone <laughs> is a little bit of a hot mess. Um, in their, yeah, in their early twenties. Oh no, I will. I will one hundred percent own that. I was. Yeah. I was going to say, was I? Was I like? Was I being like? unreasonably forthcoming oh god with you no, on no, <laughs> no 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 um, okay hmm, what do i want to say in public um i think that <laughs> i i i don't know i have this thing i think it's just kind of a thing that i was given when i was born of just like i generally want to hold a really really safe space mm-hmm. um especially with women because women get kicked around yeah. more um in our yes. society and like and I was super lucky. It's gonna get personal. I I have I was my my parents are still together. Um, I was really mm. lucky that I had like a pretty great childhood. I was you know I'm gonna say my privilege right now. Like I am a white <laughs> cis male who didn't get punched, and I acknowledge that that in America that is a kind of privilege. And, yeah. And I um. I, 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 I also had a mom who had a heart of gold. My, I'm sweet. If I am sweet or if I come across sweet to anybody, it is a thousand percent my mom, my mom's influence of teaching me to be in touch with my feelings. And, and, um, and, and it, and it takes one some time to realize why one is the way one is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I I didn't totally get that until, until a little later, um, until my twenties. 
Um, so like, hi mom. Um, she might listen to this, but <laughs> but it's so it's so Great. true. It's so true. However, I should tell my mom this is technically we might swear in the show. So sorry, this is an explicit tag. This is sorry, a Andrew's this, mom. Yeah. We, so, mean, we mean well. We mean well. <laughs> she's become... I've gradually made my parents, like, a little... That sounds terrible. I've made my parents, like, have, like, a slightly broader worldview and be, be a little more laid back I'm because I'm just off the wall a lot of times. I feel like I've kind of, like... And also life just makes you a little more laid back. But, yeah. It doesn't offend them. Like, we could not say shit anywhere near that even into, like... If I my mom heard me say that, even when I was twenty, she'd be very disappointed in me. Just for a little background. Fascinating. Isn't that weird? Yeah. We weren't even like we weren't even like super religious. We were like Wisconsin. But it religious. doesn't but you were Midwestern. Yes. You're Midwestern. Yeah. Yep. Full circle. This is great. Um so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what was so so and then oh God, I wanna have time that we can talk about um because you studied um you you studied uh, wound care. I hope we can get around to that. But you, yes, yes. Because I recently, uh, I'm gonna make this kind of timely, but not really, because no, nobody really knows when I got seven stitches on my finger. But I recently got seven <laughs> seven stitches on my finger. So um, maybe we'll talk about that. But um, it, it's gonna be. It's looking really good. Um, but so so. Um, what do you want to talk about? I think you had a question. Well, for me. I really, yeah, I really want to. So before we were recording we were just talking about relationships a little bit mm -hmm. and you'd mentioned you had dated somebody that had an avoidant attachment style and so i was curious about that because you had said you learned a lot from it i was like oh tell me more i want to know what yeah. you learned from that experience mm -hmm. um and i don't know if you said this what you consider your attachment style to be but mm -hmm. um mine is anxious for sure <laughs> um <laughs> Oh, just like, if you couldn't tell, um, like petting, petting your head. Um, yeah, consens consensually petting your head. Um, I, <laughs> I, um, well, I, I, okay, I want to answer the second question after the story. Okay, that's because fine. I feel like it informs this experience, informs my attachment style. Now, because because um, because this is a public show, there are details that I cannot share, and I also live on an island of 183,000 people, and I like to joke. And, and, and overall, it's it's great, it's great. But overall, I like to joke that half of them are over the age of 65 and they don't leave their homes. I don't know if that's true, but base it's definitely it's a smaller world here than you would think. So I have to, I oh goodness. It, so I have to approach this in a very balanced way when I tell this story and I'm going to try to stick mm -hmm. to facts and I'm going to protect people's identities. I'm going to, yeah, gonna, discretion, discretion is the word yeah. we're going to be. Yeah. 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 But so, so I won't necessarily go into as much detail as, as I would if we were not recording this, um, because I need to protect people's privacy but um, yeah of course of course um much like shameless plug you ready much like i did in my three-part hawaii action memoir Ten Thousand hours in paradise yeah um which is now on audible check it out i narrated it and uh people seem to really enjoy oh. it mm -hmm. took a that's long, so cool took a long time and you have to when you do that you have to give people pseudonyms when it's a real you know when it's a memoir which it technically is, but I called it an action memoir because it could have been an action movie, but it's all true. <laughs> um, a story of culture shock. Going from Wisconsin to Lower Puna, a part of the Big Island, a southeastern part of this island that's real off the grid, but that's a whole other story. Um, so I, I, um, I met somebody um, a couple of years ago, uh, a little over two years ago now, and um, we've just kind of met organically, you know, it's a small, I live in Hilo, uh, biggest town on, uh, on Big Island. Technically, there are no cities on Big Island. Nothing is incorporated as a city. Um, oh, I didn't know that. That's fun. a fun fact. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we just kind of organically started hanging out and um, 
and that there's a fun concussion story coming up. But um, and we kind of took it slow. I mean, we you know we go to like water. There's you know, one of the things that's great about this island. There's so many great, cool places to take people on dates. You know, there's waterfalls and hikes and places you can see sea turtles and oh, that's amazing. You know, there's places where every sea turtle has a name, like oh, the people who live my right heart. there. They're not always great names, but um. I know, yeah, they're they're very beautiful, and some of them are very old, very large. Um, honu, which is the Hawaiian word for green sea turtle. Huh. So you go, you visit the Honu, and, uh, you know, sometimes, you, you know, I had a very nice uh, snorkel date once upon a time. Uh, now, actually, did, did we go? No, she, she yeah, yeah, we did actually, her and I. Um, you know, so, so there's a lot of opportunities, and, you know, but you're going out with somebody, and you're taking it slow, and, you know, uh, one of my... Uh, one of my one of my like tests for compatibility are um can we like do we have any overlapping movie taste which <laughs> which you know might sound petty or first world but it's nice if you have that um, yeah if there's something you can I mean at least like a documentary you can, you can enjoy um but uh but we were watching a Studio Ghibli film which oh, I don't know how familiar yes. with them. Spirited Away, classic. Total classic. Yep. Um, I, we may have been, I think we were watching, were we watching that or were we watching Princess Mononoke? Another um, good one. Classic. Another good one, yeah. Total classic. He's coming back, you know, he came out of retirement. Oh, he's doing one more. I didn't know that. More. Oh, that's yeah, that's that's more. great news. He's doing one more. Miyazaki, he's like, what, he's like, he's like 80? Like Probably 80 somewhere about there. I want to meet that guy. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, but I want to try to, con- I'm going to try to keep this story concise. Yes. Cause I want to hear about your experience. Yes. Um, working as a writer, which is something else we have in common. Um, but, uh, but basically, um, we were watching, uh, you know, uh, one of these wonderful animated films from Japan and, um, just, it was like our third or fourth date. We were just taking it really slow and, uh, we just had this, just a very soft, you know, very sweet, soft kiss. And um, that was kind of how it started. And, you know, the 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 puppy love phase of a relationship, as I was saying off air, is this kind of this alternate dimension that is, is yeah. just a pocket. It's a pocket dimension that's not really related to consensual reality. <laughs> so, like, relationship, that's the, that's the, you know, they call it the puppy love face for a reason and um after that you know that that can last um whatever what a month to a to couple months yeah yeah some some people if it's ldr if long distance it can last longer but um but what happened what what, the thing that tipped me off and i really wish that i'd had read um and i'll put this in the show notes uh this wonderful book that you you're probably familiar with called attached by amir levine mm-hmm. and the other per and the other person whose name i forget i'm so sorry other person um and uh i really wish i'd read that because i would understand her behavior much more mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> basically i knew there was a problem when i was the only person planning things Ah, uh, okay yeah and and i was like okay well she's busy she's juggling stuff um but i felt like i was the only person making time and there was a period toward toward the toward like the cause this was this was about this is a little under a year um oh, and i skipped over an important part but um it the so so a month into this relationship i was walking i was walking home i lived close to a grocery store at the time and then i woke up in, and this is the, another reason why I wanted to record this conversation, Caitlin. So thank you for being available for this. This is craziest thing that's ever happened to me. Um, and I haven't told this story publicly before. Oof. So I feel like not in, not in an internet-y way, which is a word I just made up. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever have you ever woken up in the hospital and wondered why you were there? <laughs> I cannot. I cannot say I have, but um, yeah, let's let's hear about your experience with that. Count yourself as lucky. <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty upsetting. <laughs> yeah, it was it was harrowing. So yeah, so so I um, I woke up 
And I immediately wondered why where am why am I not wearing a shirt? Um, where are my glasses? Um, where am I? Why am I in a bright room? And um, they hand me my glasses w- w- that I am wearing right now. They were miraculously not scratched. Um, my glasses only get scratched when I'm when I'm touching them. And a policeman walks up to me. Uh, oh, pretty Lord. cool. Pretty cool guy, you know, like, he's just like sharp. And um, he's like, um, yeah, you were you were hit by a car. Here's <gasps> your case number. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Here's your case number. How, how nurturing <laughs> of him. He was actually very nice. I'm, I'm trying to, I still don't, here's the crazy part. So it's been over two years and I don't, I still don't remember any, any, I just, I still remember just waking up in the hospital. I don't remember being hit. I don't remember. So I'm going to try to tell you the bit, the bits as I learned them because it's, it's, it's more entertaining that way. So I look around, they, they, you know, they, they explain to me that I've had a concussion and gradually I start to get pieces of information, which are more, the next one is crazier than the last. And they, they hand me my backpack and I look in my backpack and there, there's a bunch of rice at the bottom of the, of the bag. (laughs) And I remember, Oh, I bought bamboo rice, which is this funny jasmine rice with bamboo extract infused in it. It's got a lot of vitamins and the bag is ripped. And I was like, that's interesting. And I call this person who I don't realize is avoidant yet. And uh, she lives nearby and I ask her if she can pick me up. There was only two people that I considered calling at night. I didn't know what time it was. I know the sun was setting as I was leaving. And the sun on Big Island here in Hawaii, the sun pretty much sets at 630 year round. Oh, that's so interesting. Which is which is actually kind of nice. We don't have to deal with daylight saving time, which I'm I personally jealous. extremely dislike. Yeah, um, yeah, banish it's like twenty five percent of the reason why I love Hawaii as a state. Um, no, <laughs> but it's a ni- it's a nice bonus. Um, so anyway, long story short, uh, she picks me up. She does uh, one of the um, smartest things she ever did, in my opinion. She takes two photos of me, which I don't know if I'll show share publicly but i will send one to you if you'd like <laughs> yeah please do my face is blushed. maybe i'll send you one in the chat right now it's great i i mean it might yeah okay i want to find it i want to find it because it's it's just crazy my face is pretty bloody uh, so you okay. so you remember going to the grocery store but you don't remember anything after that correct yeah okay. I, I remember walking out uh, you know, you get you got your uh, you got your electric uh, sliding door. I remember that vaguely. Oh, uh, you ready? Well, you yep. you worked as a you worked as a wound care person. So I yes, I bad. did. Yeah, this won't probably bad. won't shock me, but diss okay. my head. Let's see here. Oh yeah, look at that. So pretty bloody, bloody and upper lip. Um, knock on wood. I only have yes. like two very minor scars from this somehow. Um, I I think this was before. So I think I was like in and out of consciousness, just kind of waking up, falling asleep. And she took a picture of me when I was asleep for a second. Um, and I, so then I remember them lifting me up and they lifted me, they put me back in the scanner. I think, I don't think it was, yeah, it was a CAT scan. I don't think it was an MRI because the, the MRIs are pretty loud, aren't they? they make that yeah. They, the CAT scans are usually a little bit more open. Um, Whereas the MRI, you're like in a tiny tube, right? Typically, so they yeah. yeah they lifted me and they did another CAT scan and they were like, well, it looks pretty good. And I was in the hospital for for some weird reason. They discharged me even though I had insurance. Um, after like five hours, I didn't spend the night. <laughs> what the you got hit by a car and they're like, oh, you're he's fine. Well, welcome to Hilo. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I was I was in trauma in, in a trauma room. Um. So, so, uh, so I had post-concussive syndrome, which is categorized yeah. with, um, I had, I bruised my, um, frontal lobe and my temporal lobe. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And it was pretty crazy. Um, I, but the real kicker, you can see there's blood on my nose. My nose was, yep. I still don't know, like, so 
that's gonna be a long thing. I still don't know what my face. I think I just might have face planted after I got hit. I think okay. I just I think I just face planted into the gravel, but I don't really know. I still don't know what my nose and my mouth and my forehead hit. I still don't know. Um, but uh, so there were no witnesses there that you know of? were, but they okay. they didn't really fill out the police report with. All so it took me a month to get the police report. Oh my gosh. Also, I didn't have a sense of smell for several like at least two months because I bruised my nose and I was worried like maybe I won't get a sense of smell. Maybe I'll never have a normal sense of smell again, you know. It's crazy. And um but I continue and I will I will say and I will give her credit for this, like she and maybe it was the Florence Nightingale effect, I don't know. But she like really stuck by me during that time and was her presence was a very healing presence you know she was very thoughtful and present um i found out uh i mean she in the problems came when like the puppy love phase wore off and i basically realized uh, i realized that this was her first serious relationship okay and so she wasn't really this was like new territory for her but she didn't really I wish that she'd communicated her needs. I mean, I feel like I really made space for that, but she she had a lot of I I I suspect she had a lot of blockages around voicing her needs and her you know, I'm the kind of guy where I'm like always asking like is this okay? Is this okay? Is this your boundary? Yeah. I and I like am. that about you. Thank you. Um however, yes. how <laughs> however, it really wasn't enough. Um I don't know if it was her avoidance or her personality, but, um, and I'm going to try not to make this about like too much. I'm going to try to stick to to facts, but, um, but it didn't stop me from being the bad guy at the end of the story for whatever reason. Um, and I hate being the bad guy. I'm not even a good bad guy. I don't even come up. Wait, you were the bad guy? Oh, I ended up being the bad guy. We're not there yet. Um, oh goodness. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But here's the fun part. So I finally got the police report. And then I, a couple weeks later, I ran into somebody who was there, um, which I should really call him again. Uh, and he, he said that, um, the guy tried to flee the scene and a bunch of, oh. a, a bunch of locals got in the way and stopped him from driving, <laughs> driving away in his truck. Yeah. And it was like a pretty busy, uh, you know, there's not a lot, most of the streets here are two lanes. Um, but it was a relatively busy light and he ran a red light. This is public. This is public uh, record now. He ran a red, yeah, he yeah. ran a red light. He ran a red light, and um, and he was inebriated, of course. And oh no, I was in the middle of a crosswalk, and uh, and it took and and that's all I knew for a while. And then the police, more details came in, and the EMT said that I flew thirty yards. <gasps> Which oh my lord yeah I still don't I don't really believe that I must have just been a rag doll yeah uh, I must have like my body just went into like we're gonna totally relax and go into shock now so you don't break things and I didn't break any bones that's the miracle I was gonna I was just gonna yeah. say that's because your body went into like we're gonna do what we can to prevent that from happening total rag like doll. total survival response yep and it worked for the most part yeah um. So I saw a therapist for a while, um, and uh, which helped my kid. We ended up like going to his car insurance. Luckily, he had car insurance, which um, unfortunately not everybody on this island has car insurance. Uh, yeah. So, so the car insurance paid for my sizable medical bill, even though I was only, you know, an ambulance ride is a grand. Um, but being even being in the hospital was it was north of ten thousand dollars being in there for like oh. yeah it was north of for being in there for yeah that doesn't shock me no it's yeah, yeah. yeah. especially if you had imaging done and yeah yeah that's... yeah so uh, so so I was post concussive in a relationship with somebody who I didn't know was avoidant yet uh, and it's it's sad but but basically uh when the puppy love phase kind of wore off, I felt like I was the only person planning things. And if I had known such a, such a, such a 
interesting show so far uh it's such a this is such an odd combination of topics and not used to it yeah. <laughs> i'm not used to it but it's, it's gonna be good um if it's I had, all connected we swear it's really all connected it's really all connected um and i want to hear i want to hear more from from you too because uh, i want to hear about your avoidant in as much as you're comfortable sharing and i and, yeah yeah but um and i you're you're with so with the person right that is correct sort of? yes um and it's interesting because you moved, you, you are, you, you moved into your own spot and, it, and I, I have a close friend who recently did the same thing, still in the relationship, yes. but carved yep. out her own space. And I think that's so wonderful to have yeah. those spaces in your togetherness. Yes, I, I agree. I have thoughts on that too. Um, mm-hmm. and like non-traditional, um, well we that would be a separate conversation i have non-traditional <laughs> beliefs in some in some regards too um oh i'm so excited yeah but um, but proceed proceed so proceed. yeah, yeah. You're so, planning so yeah. it's hard it's hard to decide how much of this i want to necessarily but yeah i just felt like um what i want to share per se because so uh let's see here um if i had known that avoidant attachment types um, guard their sovereignty as if it was the most valuable thing in the world. Um, yes. it would have really helped me understand where she was coming yeah. from more. Yes. Um, and I didn't realize that she was, cause the thing is, and for the folks listening that haven't, uh, and aren't exposed to attachment theory, it's utterly brilliant. It's extremely applicable. Um, it's just kind of the, it's, it's all about attachment styles. So there's four main attachment styles. Um, you can break them down if you want. I feel like I've been talking a lot. <laughs> um, well, to be fair, I know the book you referenced earlier. I have not read it. So most of my knowledge comes from reading things like articles on the internet. Um, but I know there's avoidant, mm-hmm. there's, um, anxious, mm-hmm. and then there's disorganized. I've heard mm-hmm. of the three categories, but mm-hmm. I know it can also be broken down into four. No, the fourth one's kind of secure. Like, Oh, sure, sure. Yes. I've unless, seen it. Unless I'm forgetting something. I've seen it, though, broken down slightly differently than that, though, I think is what I was trying to get at. Um, um, where there's like dismissive avoidant. So it's not just avoidant, right? There's like further um, categorization. But I can in break, any it, break case, it down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like the four main types and then different kind of iterations of those types depending on who you learn from i suppose um but yeah so secure avoidant disorganized and anxious are the four main types yeah and and, and yeah. apparently statistically half of people are uh secure yes so we, they say so they say but uh mm-hmm. yeah so so the goal is to is to is to have a healthy relationship dynamic in your life right so secure Mm -hmm. secure people are not they don't take things as personally they don't um they someone not responding for an hour is not gonna throw them into a tailspin um and somebody asking for more you know quality time is not going to trigger them into feeling like they have no more sovereignty in their life they're more right they're more balanced in their reactions i would say from what i've read um and then you have yes and you have anxious types which uh which i would say tend to become anxious more easily let's say that right um and they tend to get you know they'll be nervous if there hasn't been communication in a while they tend to overanalyze communication which i've definitely fallen into that um Avoidant people are kind of interesting. They the avoidant people uh, are really uh, hypersensitive. I would say over their own sovereignty and their o- their own alone time. Uh, yes. Avoidant people feel like they don't. The last thing they would want, they'd rather die than completely lose themselves in a relationship and lose, uh, let's say, lose sight of their identity in a relationship, which I get. Uh, but avoidant people tend mm-hmm. to be running away in, in in intimate and just even just emotionally intimate settings. They tend to distance themselves, often unconsciously, 
Uh, yes. They're, they're often not aware of what they're doing. And then there's the, yes. cr- the creme de la creme of uh, stress, which is you can be both. You can be avoidant and anxious depending on the situation, which is called disorganized. Uh, that, that's the Cliff Notes version, I think. Did I miss anything? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's definitely Cliff Notes version. I mean, I think there's a little bit more nuance with some of those, like specifically about disorganized with um, kind of like the motivations behind their behavior. But um, Mm -hmm. I mean, that could be a separate podcast in and of itself. Right. Um, Yeah. But yes. But yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple of things. But yeah, basically what you'll what you'll often find is that an anxious person will be with an avoidant person. Yep. <laughs> um, because it's kind of initially seems like it works well. Um, but, mm-hmm. the, but the problem is that you end up with this cat and mouse game. Uh, yes. Distance or pursuer dynamic. And in a very twisted way, both people are being satisfied. Kind of. Yes. But not really. They're satisficing, yes. as, as another podcaster might say. And... And it's bad. It's just really uncomfortable and 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 uh, un- just uh, d- kind of destructive for everybody. So we want to avoid that. So I knew there was a problem about seven months in when she just didn't seem excited to, you know. And I'm a very emotionally available person. I want to. I'm a, I'm available. Like we can work through anything. I just want to be present and enjoy each other and talk about the mysteries of life and talk about philosophy and watch films and go on hikes and just like enjoy life. And, and if, and and hopefully if we're really getting on, um, have long-term plans, right? Someone once said that relationships are about plans, which I thought was a really interesting frame to take. Ooh, yeah. I like that. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of truth in that, I think. <laughs> I agree. Uh, you know, if, if, if depending on the structure of the relationship, but I think most people I think that that resonates with them. And then one day, um uh let's see here. We've been about 9 months in. She and we were clearly out of the puppy love phase. Um, and she had, she, we had a weird, there was really only one like objective thing that was kind of strange. She had an ex come back to the island who he was just here for his own reasons. And she saw him and she told me, and I remember this very clearly. She told me that she had these feelings come up and she was really surprised. She told me that nothing happened. And now, I don't know. I'm just going to, you know, I'm doing this thing with my hands. I don't know. It doesn't really matter <laughs> now, but, um, eh, you know, that, that, was a, that was a bit of a red flag. And I'm not a jealous person, but for her to, you know, but for her to, like, wake up a month later, a month and a half later, and say, I don't have feelings for you, and I don't know why. Which was, which is where that ended up coming, um, was really uh, a shocker to me. Uh, and our commu- we apparently just didn't have as good of communication as I thought we had. And um, there's, there's, th- those are the, those are the, um, those are the bullet points. There's a few other little things, but I don't know if uh, if I want to. I, I can share some more with you off air if you want. But sure, those are those are the main because I don't want to. You know, I'm the kind of person that you know it. it you know, I, I live on this island. It's a small world, and I genuinely wish the best for everybody I come across, even the people who are hurting themselves and others. I really want them to find peace and happiness. When I did the 10-day silent meditation retreat in Pune uh, a few years ago, um, it was a meditation we did at the end of each day. We were we did this metta meditation where we were intending for peace and happiness. And we started in these like ever-expanding circles, right? We First we thought of our, our, our immediate family and then we thought of our friends and then we thought of the whole island and then we imagined the whole world oh yes all yes, of humanity I'm familiar with this it's very beautiful and 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 i do feel like it makes an impact um it doesn't mean that 
uh, everybody's going to understand your intentions, you know, but um, we can only do our best. What was very interesting about the the end, thank you. What was very interesting about the end of that relationship, um, we ended up doing this uh, exercise called Completing Your Relationship, which is through the Interchange Institute, um, which which is a real interesting Bay Area thing. But uh, <laughs> but um, they have this. It's it's basically like a forgiveness practice, and it it's this blog post, and it walks you through these steps, and you say what you what you regretted, what you resented. You forgive each other, and you each. It's a co listening exercise. It's really great. That sounds so interesting. Yeah. Like just the the extra the practice too. It just seems like such a, a healthy thing to do to kind of like let's just lay it on the table and talk about what happened here and do some some emotional work to like help both of us move on from it. Mm-hmm. Like that just seems really healthy to me. I don't know. It's it was so healthy, Caitlin. And 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 the article summarizes it best. It says, uh, completing a relationship is an extremely efficient use of your time. Yeah. <laughs> because if you yeah. don't do it consciously, you will do it unconsciously. You yeah. will be venting these things out in other areas or you will harbor oh. resentment. Um, That's a really good point. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It like hit me square in the chest. So, um, so yeah, we do that. Um, um, really healing experience, you know, because like before that, she I shouldn't say, but let's just say that I found out that someone in her family traumatized her. Uh, okay. Yeah, like, but not not sexually, just just emotionally. Um, mm-hmm. Both of these are very real and have really big impacts on. I'm gonna sound like I'm eighty. It's not like I'm 80 on a young person. Um, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, so compassion. Um, yeah, so so it was, um, I was like, whoa, I did not know. I wish that you told me you had this challenging situation uh, when you were younger. It would help me understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah, yeah, that insight is so important because I think that can yeah. lead to empathy, right? Mm-hmm, um, if mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I understand, I understand where this is coming from, where this behavior comes from. We we took a month off to get some space. And okay. then we did that completing our relationship exercise after that month. So oh. we, we had all these things that were like, I, I, I was like, we need to take a month off. This, is, this, is, this isn't working for us. I feel like you don't even want to... Um, I don't even, you know, you, you don't even want to communicate with me yet. You still, she was still coming over and hanging out. Oh, it was just but very, not communicating. She just wasn't being very emotionally honest with me. I felt, um, uh, okay. It, yep. It, 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 it's, it was complicated. It was very weird. It was a very weird, the last month and month and a half, we were a couple it was so odd and, and, uh, and but I do think that that experience made me more anxious. I think being with someone uh, so avoidant pushed me to be, uh, and being completely in love with this person pushed me to be more anxious. And um, yeah, that's very interesting, and I can understand that because I was in a four-year good relationship two years before that. And yeah. we we parted very amicably and were very mature and and we just realized we wanted different things. I I I honestly believe we were both secure attachments when we separated. We had a really nice dynamic. She just had a different she just wanted different things than I did and I wanted different things. But but yeah. Well, I think you're touching on something very interesting which is I think that your attachment style can very much fluctuate and especially with mm-hmm. different people, right? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is something I, I even experience with my close friends. Like there's certain people yeah. that I just feel so <laughs> safe around, you know? So Oh, I totally get that. Yeah. I I mean, I have a particular friend I have in mind where, mm-hmm. I mean, this is just a sidebar, but no, please. Um, that, that, that's we my a, story. 
Yeah. yeah, no, we went on a walk the other day and we're just talking about how we appreciate each other so much because we can come to each other and say, oh, I'm like really struggling with this thing right now and just know and trust that um, the other person is not going to play devil's advocate. They're not going <laughs> to judge like they're just going to be there. And that's a beautiful thing. That's so valuable. That's so, yes. that, that is to be cherished. I am endlessly grateful yeah. for it because it's just that safety to just show up as who you are is just one of the most beautiful things ever to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, the end of that, the period in that sentence, and I want to hear about your relationship in as much as you yeah. want to share. Sure. The end of that sentence is basically, um, she said something on our completing our relationship exercise that I thought was really, she said, Oh my God, you just got your sense of smell back. Like, a month ago i'm like yeah like i finally feel like pretty normal and she's like oh my god i really only dated you for two months what because of the post-concussive syndrome oh which which isn't strictly speaking true like i my my i had high anxiety and my memory wasn't as great i was still there you know i just yeah i was still there but it was such an interesting thing to hear your ex-partner say of like, oh my God, I only dated like the like non-concussed version of you <laughs> for the first month in the last month. Yeah. And, I mean, that's yeah. interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think about that sometimes. Understandable. Although I, my brain immediately goes to, yeah, but that was your experience. So is that really not you or is it, definitely still you because it was something you experienced or maybe i'm getting too like analytical about that no 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 this is an analytical show um yeah i i think it's 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 heart set and mindset on this show i think that i i I know myself pretty well i journal a lot and i i still did i did a couple like i did a couple podcast interviews uh during that time I'm super proud of that people really enjoyed. So I, I was clearly not like a dingbat. Um, the, no. <laughs> but, but, you know, it was a version of Andrew that couldn't handle as much stress. My tolerance was lower and um, didn't have a sense of smell half the time, and, which is a whole nother conversation. And, right. um, and just, uh, just would forget things more you know, and, and just the anxiety. That was why I was talking to a therapist is like, I was just, things would just like make me really anxious that didn't make me anxious before. Thank goodness. You know, uh, I feel 99% normal now. Um, I mean, that's incredible. The whole story itself is just incredible. It's one of those things you (laughs) you just you hear about but it's when you know somebody that's experienced that it's kind Mm -hmm. of a different level Mm -hmm. but also how much it affected you and then in turn your relationship it sounds like in some ways and it makes me wonder if i would have continued the cynical part of me like there's a there's a romantic inside me the cynical inside of me the cynic inside of me says well you might not have stayed in that relationship if you weren't concussed Because you might have been yeah. like, oh, there's some red flags. This communication's not good. But like when you're concussed and it's like, this is not to say I'm shifting the blame to anything. I am completely responsible for my part in deciding to stay in that relationship. I t- I'm totally sure. responsible for that. But that my, the cynic in me is like, well, would it have happened if you hadn't gotten, I don't know. But then the, I, the romantic inside of me is like, but maybe she helped you heal. You know, like, yeah, it just just her presence. And, you know, I'm a very like physical affection is my second highest love language. Like I grew up in a really affectionate household and I don't associate physical affection with sexuality um, most of the time, which is not true for everybody. I'm just a really touchy feely guy, um, which is why it was extra difficult when the pandemic started. I, like, yes. I didn't hug anybody for over six weeks, which is the first time that ever happened in my life. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's its own subject too. That's its own thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, so that's, um, that's my experience with someone who is avoidant. Uh, this is the uh, public uh, version of that. And thus concludes part one of two. I want to say thanks again to Caitlin for coming on the show, providing a safe space for me to share a pretty vulnerable story. Rest assured that she will return in part two in just two weeks to talk about her attachment story. I regret that we didn't get into it more in this first part She's going to share an experience of a relationship with an avoidant attachment partner that you're going to want to hear. (laughs) Uh, Be sure to subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts, or just go to andrewcrusoe.com slash podcasts. You can get all the show notes and information is linked through from there. At least it's in once you subscribe to it. And I just want to say thanks again for listening, whether you've just left a review or you've gone to the Patreon and become a supporter, or even just subscribing. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, and I'll see you in part two.